It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Uh, thank you. Okay. That you is. You play that at the end. Well, after at 1:01 p.m. As I always like to say, we, when we start, when we take yes. the gloves off, and <laughs> go at and it, and we go at it in our post-production meetings. Because obviously, no. invariably, there's always something really? that that we disagree on. Yeah. I do wrong, or no, you know, I, don't do wrong. I talk over him, or I can't shut up. Nah, nah. Nothing and then like we get that. into it. Nothing but like then, that. Then we, right. so, so it starts from that. And yeah, then, and then, and then all, by the end of the show. <laughs> it kind of sort of gets like that sometimes. Okay, so speaking of but, big fights. But today's show is a uh, Speaking wow. of big fights. Oh, oh, so Robbie and I uh, got into one about what <laughs> what <laughs> what constitutes uh, TMI. What what you're, do you consider TMI? You're, starting, I had in, a, you're starting in the middle here, aren't you? I had a total I my definition of TMI was a little different than what Robbie's is. Okay, then I think you should start. So the title of this the show today is Dating TMI, Let It Rip or Keep It Zipped. That is a snappy title. Thank you. Too bad we came up with it yesterday, Thank you. I think. Well, oh, no. I'm a copywriter, you know. Okay. <laughs> so Robbie thinks TMI is all the, like, the no, little, no. what? <sighs> okay, you're starting with, you're going to start that way? Okay, fine. I will, yes. Your definition of TMI was to me, had negative connotations to it, of darkness, of when to tell people bad things about yourself that don't necessarily, you, you don't want to get out there. And I'm thinking, no, that that's not TMI to me, but so you want to, we'll give some examples in a minute, but. Okay, well, I, I really believe that there is something called properly timed TMI, that it might at first be too much information, but. I think it's if it's something that needs to be said and something that needs to be disclosed, it, it, then you do, then you must. But if it's just, you okay, know, so like t- that's your okay. So that's your definition of what you think is TMI, which you you later clarified it as being when to be honest. Yeah. When to well, be okay. So so in the interest of full disclosure, uh, the the title of the show started off as. Uh, to tell the what was it called? What did I originally call it? Uh, to tell the truth. When is too much honesty? When is what is it? Honesty too much? When and how much honesty? Let me get you some more rope here. That's okay. what it was originally called. Okay. And after uh, going through the uh, the the description of the show, I, I thought, wait a second, that to me does not ring true with what TMI is to me. And then I proceeded to tell you what that was, and we proceeded to get in a huge fight. Pretty much. It was a huge (laughs) And this was right before we were ready to go to sleep, which is never a good time to get into a fight. Uh, but that is what happened. I did stay in bed. Okay, so can we tell couch. them why we got into the it was there's yeah, a specific so, reason oh, well, why we got into the fight. It was about my blog post, which was well, the inspiration for this for this episode. Okay, so we we, we will discuss that okay. because uh, 
that part of it was something that I didn't feel was necessarily uh, a, an infraction on the guy's part. Would you want to tell for those who well, have not? This is, this you know, is okay. Shameless plug for my know, no, okay, no, late blooming bride. All yes, right. Okay, that, my fine. blog is up, and it's called the same thing as our show, and I recount a story. Um, about a friend of mine who dated a guy for about all said and done five weeks. And from the very beginning, there were signs. Okay. It was not like out of the blue that this guy started pulling back or getting moody and quiet and distant. It was sort of from a little bit like little signs along the way. And uh, she at, you know, from, from the word go was totally into this guy and he was into her it appeared and it was they fell for each other and they were developing something really beautiful and then at the same time he was sort of moody and a little quiet and she couldn't quite gauge what was going on and it was very confusing to her and then at some point um, I think she asked him what's up and then he dropped the bomb and told her that he has mental issues, it, mental health issues, and that suffers with depression, oh. and then ended it. And and said that because the doctor said something about his birth mother. No, 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 no. Okay, so I mean, it's just it was that's it was like TMI. So he but, gave her a whole but, long TMI and, okay. about why he could not be in the relationship, so, why what, he couldn't be present. So when I read this, I thought. What's the big deal here? They had a five-week fling. He was not into it. He got out of it. He used whatever excuse he wanted to use to get out of it, and it worked. He got out of it, out of it pretty cleanly. Uh, I would say guys do that. I think everybody does that when they hit a point in a relationship where it's no longer uh, – beneficial and fun and they they're gonna really? come up with an excuse yes you're gonna, you're gonna use mental health you know issues i've heard of that i've of heard my mother died i've heard other things that you, you people will use anything uh, at, a, at a moment when they're not necessarily of a clear head but they want out okay. that's the number one priority so, this so is, to me this that is, wasn't like okay he he waited five weeks to disclose he has a mental illness yes that's, that's too long Okay. <laughs> what was the mental illness timeline then for you? When, I'm sorry. When was that? I just think if you are, if you're carrying this this big piece of information, and it's going to be a possible deal breaker, which it was not for her, for him, he opted out. But maybe some people that have a and mental then, illness don't know that it's. But he it knew. No, he knew. He knew he had it. It doesn't show itself until uh, yeah, but he, it was, certain she things was, happen. She was Maybe seen, there was a trigger point. I don't know whatever. I, I okay, don't know. She but, was, this is where we got into the fight, people. Can you see where this all developed? And you, we and then Robbie said it was a lousy example, which that was not I the word a, to use. I still I think, yeah, it's a lousy example. It was a bad example. <laughs> then he said it was a lousy example. And then I was but, you know, not happy. But, you know, the end result was we, we, <laughs> we kind of... <laughs> All right, we kind of resolved it a little bit, and <laughs> uh, which was good. But okay, so that to me, when I was reading it, that defined your definition of TMI or when to be honest. And 
that was not mine. Well, when and so is I, it when TMI I proceeded, when, and when is it helpful information? Okay. So in order to, you know, kind of uh, square the circle a little bit, uh, my definition of what TMI is was very different. And in a dating situation, it's not taking five weeks, but it could be the first or second date when the minutia of one's daily routine or life gets brought up to your dating partner and it is not interesting to the point where you are describing Aunt Millie's cat problems and you look at your partner and all of a sudden it's... Okay, so that's what you want to try to avoid. And to me, that is when the TMI label comes into play. And okay, so, uh, so that so we had def, differing definitions. Can I yes. comment on that? Yes, please. Okay, so to me, d- TM, what you consider boring minutiae in dating is to me nervous chatter. It's just nervous chatter. People are nervous on dates. They don't know when to shut up. They are yum, 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 motor mouths and chatty cathies, and, and they don't take a, a moment to breathe, and they don't ah, exhale. raspberry. Okay. Uh, and they don't breathe, and they don't, you know, pause and say, ask you questions. And it's just, come on. Like, you, you've never had that happen before? Um, yes. I have experienced uh someone being nervous and i have also been someone a little nervous but uh have you ever caught yourself and said am i talking too much have you ever said that because sometimes i've done that by the way i still do (laughs) (laughs) yes uh no i've never caught myself doing that but i i i I might catch myself silently asking myself am i not talking enough should i hmm, yeah it's it's listen, listen dating especially in the first three dates, I'm going to say, is a dance. It's a dance. You know, you you advance, retreat, advance, retreat, uh, right? You go in, you pull back. Right. You, uh, you know, you, you assert, you, ret- whatever, you receive. Um, it sounds a lot like sex, actually. Uh, okay, well. Uh, and... and it, it's just, you know, on, when you're dating, people get very nervous. And so I would say to you, most that's probably TMI when they just can't you can't get a word in edgewise. But, but I'm I'm talking about like the deeper nervousness doesn't have to be TMI. Nervousness doesn't have to you know manifest itself into information that you feel is too much too soon to be disclosed to the some to the person you're dating, and that's what I was initially thinking the show was going to be about is how do we avoid that what. What are some things to avoid? How do you connect with the person you're sitting across from on a date, on a first, second, third date, uh, and not uh, disclose things that the other person doesn't need to hear? But I I did all of a sudden realize that what it was that you were thinking the show was about was important and deserving of this show because I started getting... Not inspired, but I, I had some ideas as to things that are, um, uh, you, you know, should be disclosed. And at and the, then the question is, at what point in the dating process do they get disclosed? For example, I'm a convicted felon. 
<laughs> what, when, when are you supposed to let your date know that? Well, I happen to find convicted felons hot. So, you then know, to me, it would have, you know, if you, you should, said that on our first date. Sh- okay, shit. well. Um, when do you say it? I don't know. You got to feel them out. You got, this is the whole thing about, you know, re- reveal, the slow okay. reveal. You got to feel that there are, that, if that it's not- I mean, at the, at the end of the, d- okay, can I just say something? Or are we going to break? We are. All right, we I just want to say have- something. At, at the end of the day, truth is sexy. Honesty. Always. Honesty is hot. Mm-hmm. That's hot. Mm-hmm. When you when you own your shit, and you are okay with it, and if the and the, I mean we're, we'll get to this, but you know what? Nothing really should define you. Nothing. Nothing bad. And um, and by the way, also um, whatever has bad. Everybody has a past. Yes. And. You know, you can turn your your bad shit in, around to make it work for you. Okay. Okay. So, on that note. Uh, well, uh, we have some uh, interesting guests today, yeah, we've as, got, as always. Yeah, we've got. And uh, we're going to go to a break. Two awesome gals joining us. And we're going to, uh, so we're going to take our first break right now, and then we will come back with our first guest. So, stay tuned. Now, back to done being single with dating badasses, Trevor. And Robbie Sharp. Okay. Oh. More. Uh, oh. I just feel you know, just a little leading. Okay. I like I like a little applause. I know you do. Even a little applause is great. Okay. A little applause is better than a little clap. <laughs> okay. That was good. Uh, that was very. Good. Okay. Okay. Speaking of which. Yes. We. That's actually uh, another subject. When. Huh. Okay. STDs. Yes. If. Is that something, is there an yes. appropriate time to bring that up? Hell yes. Are we talking first date? We're, no. When would you bring that up? We, we're going to get there. Depends if it's on your face. We're going to get there. <laughs> okay. Okay. All so right. just don't get, stop getting ahead of yourself. Um, okay. Uh, but we are going to bring on um, Bex Burton, who is a certified dream builder and love coach who supports driven, ambitious single women in becoming radiant and magnetic to love so they can attract lasting, loving soulmate relationships with amazing men. That's wow. the key here, everybody. Not just any man, amazing. Amazing. Amazing men. Yes. Okay, because you guys are all worth it. All right? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, after failing painfully at love, join the club, at, uh, for well over a decade, Beck set out to get to the bottom of what wasn't working. Along the way, she discovered her own personal majesty accidentally wrote her own true love story and attracted an extraordinary man who is now her husband. Right on. Today, Bex supports thousands of driven women in dreaming up and manifesting their own unique love stories through her in-depth transformational Your Majesty coaching programs, live and online workshops, performances, and events. Woo! Bex Burton, welcome to Done Being Single. You are done being single, girl. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am, I am. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. That was actually what I texted all of my girlfriends. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Shouted it from the rooftop. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So I feel like you're a kindred spirit here with us because we also went through our share of, um, you know, stuff. To, and we did get, at least I did, you know, attempt to get to the bottom of what wasn't working. I mean, this could be a whole other show, but um, part of your journey 
to Extraordinary and to Meeting Your Amazing Man, did it require and were you faced with moments of truth? Oh, absolutely. And to this day, absolutely. Yeah, truth. I, God, I love this conversation so much. Like, and I loved what you were saying earlier, Treva, about um, truth being so important. I, as we were talking, I was writing down truth is your ally. It, it promotes intimacy. Um, but, you know, then again, I also, I also see the other side of the coin here when we're talking about TMI and, like, what is TMI? When is it too soon to reveal certain things? Like, you know, it is a delicate balance. Yes, Uh so uh, going over some things that uh, we just mentioned, some subjects, uh, if you uh, have a, uh, a felony in your past or something, or is there, is there a time, a, a correct time to mention that to a date? Um, when is yeah, the right time? I mean, I would, I would consider the, the, the felony that you mentioned, the STD that you mentioned that you've got. <laughs> I know that's not personal. They're just using examples. Or asking for a friend. Anything that is a major contributing factor to your lifestyle is something that really needs to be communicated early on. And I would consider early on between in the first three dates, if not the first two. Um, So that would be like if you have children, for example, or if you have like aging parents that you're the primary caretaker of and they take up a large number, you know, big part of your life. Um, if you have major medical issues like the STD or if you have like a heart thing or that example that Trevor was writing a blog post about, if you have a history of depression or other mental health issues, I mean, that's, it's, that would be something to raise in, in the early weeks of getting to know somebody. Um, if your religion is really important to you, if you're like a diehard all day Sunday, every day, uh, every week, you know, front, front row center of the, I don't even know what it's called. Jeez. <laughs> the row of the pew. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That would be something to communicate because likely you're looking for somebody who has a similar lifestyle. Um, cooking now, okay. is another one that I think is something that needs to be discussed fairly early on. Now, that certainly isn't first date conversation. What was that? What was that you just but, mentioned? The last thing? Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I was saying crippling debt, like those kinds of things, they may not necessarily be first date conversations, but these major lifestyle conditions, these things that really impact our lifestyle, certainly should be discussed before we travel down the road of physical intimacy or making future plans, like big plans, not like what are we doing next weekend. Um, I I think that's... And when I, and again, it is a case by case basis. And I think that, um, you know, it varies exactly when that happens, but those are, those are very large contributing factors to, to a person's life. And we're not going to be able to know if we're the right partner for this person or not, or if that person is the right partner for us, if we don't have that, that view into, into that huge piece of their life. That okay, so that's it's so true, and I think that what you're bringing up is uh, the yin, but the yang, unfortunately, is that if I am the person that has this depression or has this condition that I feel could turn off my date immediately by mentioning whatever it is, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that so fast. I wanna, I want her to 
get to know me and want to see me again and before I disclose something that is of such a personal nature that she'll she'll go running quickly once I mention it uh, because of my past experience in doing this. And of course, I'm just bringing up a hypothetical, but it just course, it's something yeah. that I would not want to disclose something too fast to make my date run away. I want her to stay and be engaged for at least a date or two before I am comfortable in disclosing that and then let the chips fall where they may. And so Mm -hmm. there's, there's definitely two sides to this. How honest. Sure. And that's why I'm saying like, you know, I I really believe that it's a case by case basis. And I, 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 like I said, I, I definitely don't stand by that first date conversation but and and I completely agree with you, Robbie. There needs to be some sense of safety before sharing these intimate details of ourselves that we may not be we may not be proud of, or we may have that fear that it's going to send the other person running for the hills. Right. So, but then the other side of that coin, though, is that the 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 simple act, it's not simple. Excuse me. The basic act of withholding and hiding information. After, say, date four, date five, three weeks, four months, then that act of hiding and protecting is, impact, is having a greater impact on the, the other person than should partner A actually just reveal what they are trying so hard to protect and hide. Yeah, I think it's it's a ri- it, yes, yes, yes. And you know, being honest is a risk, as I said in my in my post. It's risky. You don't you don't know yeah. what you're going to get. You could get uh, thank you, but no thank you. I'm out of here. Or mm-hmm. you could get someone that says, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm I don't mind at all. And in fact, uh, let me jump in and help you. You know, and become right. maybe it could be a, a nice bonding experience. That's the you know the, the best scenario." I guess my next question is sort of what happens when, and maybe this is another episode of the show, but what happens when bonding turns into codependency? And once somebody reveals mm. their truth, what are you expected to take on? You know, okay, great. You just unloaded, you just unpacked a ton of, um, you know, truth and information and honesty. I mean, now what am I supposed to do with this? Am I supposed to, you know, do I take you on as a project? Do I set, how do I set boundaries? Does that Right, mm-hmm. which I, by the way, yeah, I, I, I've been, I've dated all kinds of people with all kinds of problems, some worse than others. M- most of most, all have. I mean, listen, if you date someone long enough, eventually you're going to see, you're going to see what it is. They may not be forthcoming immediately, but you know, and at that point, you're, you're like, oh man, I'm all, I'm in here. You know, now, now what? This guy's got a real problem. He's got, you know, an unresolved addiction issue, which I, that was a guy I dated, um, Mm -hmm. who had told me, okay, uh, that he was a sex addict. (laughs) And at first I laughed and I thought, oh, sure you are. You know, all guys are. And... (laughs) No, he, it was not funny. It was not funny at all. He was a serious, you know, he, it was a pathology. And uh, Robbie's looking desperately for the right sound effect here. I can see, I can see him. He's like, hmm, what should I play? What should I play? So, um, right. Okay. So I'm, uh, okay. And by the way, this was three weeks into a relationship when he, when he dropped the bomb on me. 
And uh, mm-hmm. by that point, I really liked him. And then I thought, okay, but that's not you anymore, right? That's, you're not, that's, are you going to do that to me? And it, took, it took him, it took you three weeks to, three took, weeks to find out no, he was a sex addict? He, I, well, about that point, or maybe not three weeks, maybe two weeks where I said, why are you, why did you get divorced? That was my, so what happened? Why did you guys get divorced after 20 plus years? Mm-hmm. And then he sort of beat around the bush, no pun intended. <laughs> um, and he finally got around to saying, this is why. And I cheated. And I said, oh, okay. Um, you know, that was a little bit of a red flag. And then he said, well, I cheated a lot. Okay. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, well, I basically, he kind of went Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods? And had to go into wow. treatment. Okay. okay. And um, I, really, I really dug this guy. And I hope he's not listening. But maybe it's okay that he's listening. Yeah, and maybe um, he should be listening. Because it, it, uh, it, I was left with a moment there. Okay, what do I do with this information? And how is it going to impact me? Should I get out now? Do I, you know what I'm saying? And so... Did you, yeah, and did you feel like that he told you in a, a, a proper amount of time? Like a time, a time that made you feel like you could make an informed decision with that information? Of, of course, yeah, no one has a gun to anyone's head. You can get out any time. You could say, no, thank you, um, good luck to you, I wish you well, and send them off with, you know, love. Um, but mm-hmm. there was a, there's definitely an end to this story, which, do we have to go to break? Okay, that's funny. I thought this was a good story. It is a good story. It is story. a good story. Yeah. Okay, we do have to go to a break, and okay. uh, we have like 30 seconds, but... Um, uh, if if if, uh, if Bex has anything to add right now before a break, feel free. No, I mean I, I I think that I would love to hear the end of the story, but you know I I think that that's that's a a fair amount of time to share something with somebody so that the other person has gotten to know them and can make their own decision independently of. I mean, with with that as part of the information that they have, but not exclusively because of that information. Yeah, yeah. Was the, uh, we do have to go to break, but okay. uh, I'm curious about this, the sex addict in him was incompatible with the sex addict in you? No, I'm not. I don't have an issue there. I mean, it was, listen, addiction is not, it's not about the addiction. It's about filling the hole. <laughs> okay. And on it's that, there we go again. There we go. It, okay. Uh, so, boy. That's a great hold and fill to okay, leave. Okay, let's hold on our, to that. break. Let's hold on to that. Uh, we are going to go to another break, and uh, we will be back with Bex. And uh, we have some emails to read, and we do have another guest that we will bring in. So we'll be right back. And now, back to Done Being Single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, okay, we are back. So we're going to bring in a doctor sort of the last word on on truth and honesty and she's she knows it from a different kind of way because she's in, internal and um, I'm really interested to hear what she has to say on this topic. Um, Dr. Gretchen Kubaki, otherwise known as the PCOS psychologist, is a health psychologist based in Los Angeles, California. 
She offers insight, advice, education, and practical approaches on how to deal with the depression, mood swings, irritability, anxiety, sleep and eating issues, frustration, and lack of motivation that plague so many people with medical issues. Her goal is to dramatically improve the life, health, and relationships of every patient. She promotes patient empowerment so that people can live their happiest and healthiest lives. Welcome, Dr. Gretchen. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you for being on the show. So, uh, doctor, uh, going back to a subject that we touched on uh, earlier, um, for the people that have uh, sexually transmitted diseases and they are dating somebody new uh, and they they want to be honest with their new date, when is the right time to disclose something like that? I think it's a really individual question, but I do agree with the idea of disclosing it early on. So not first date material, definitely. But if it seems after a date or two or three that that's where it's going, then it's time to disclose because the other party really is entitled to that information. And it is about the physical and medical safety as well as the emotional safety. Uh, I agree. And how do you get your patients over the shame? one. It may take a long, long time. Some are fairly casual about it and just accept that, hey, you know, everybody I know has had HPV, for example. Um, For others, there's really deep-rooted shame, and it may actually be years of therapy that addresses it in intermittent ways. So we work about kind of normalizing the experience and the response. So like with HPV, 80% of females are exposed to it. That's a way of normalizing, you know, probably most of us are dealing with this, have dealt with it, or will deal with it. It shouldn't be a surprise to your partner. Um, But if it's something else more significant, say an HIV infection, we talk about things like what are the proper procedures to take? How do you talk about how you feel about the other person and how you're going to take care of them in this process and giving them a choice and also preparing people emotionally that they might be rejected simply because they have a disease. Okay. Right. That is the risk, but you do so because it's the responsible thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What about other medical, medical conditions, uh, heart conditions, other things that, uh, Mm -hmm should be brought up is there a right time is it a similar time frame to bring those things up i think a little bit longer of a time frame on things like diabetes heart disease but again it's a it's sort of a practical matter so for example if you have diabetes and you know that you occasionally have hypoglycemia and that that's an issue for you when you do strenuous activity you might want to disclose to your new friend that you get hypoglycemia, you've got sugar with you, but when you go hiking for three hours, this could happen, and you might need additional help. And tell them how to do that extra help for you. So something like that versus um, you've got rheumatoid arthritis, for example. Um, that's not really going to affect the other person in the immediate sense. So you can take your time, I think, with telling that, but it will come out as you engage in activities. And it might be something where you have restrictions. So in that example, hiking would probably not even be on the agenda. Mm-hmm. And that's why. So you do have to talk about it as it comes up. But I don't think that making big, bold announcements up front is usually helpful for getting dating off on the right foot. Right. Um, I actually have a personal 
experience uh, with that, with diabetes, because my mother is a type 1 diabetic. And I remember when Robbie and I, I don't know, maybe, oh, okay, so we met in February of 2013 by Mother's Day we were still dating and I, had you met my mom yet? Of course I had to have I, <laughs> Did, Okay <laughs> so yes. so this is our first I'm bringing him along on my and I it was just me and my I'm, I'm an only child so it's just me and my mom and you know this is the this is kind of a big deal to bring Robbie a boyfriend to Mother's Day Absolutely. dinner and he was game, and um, it was just three of us. Yeah, and um, I said to my mother, I begged her. I said, "Please, don't give yourself a shot at the table. Please, don't give your shot yourself a shot at the table, because uh, it's embarrassing." And I didn't, you know, I was still getting to know Robbie, and I didn't want to turn him off, and I didn't want her to turn him off. And it's and, and, and actually, he, it was a point of contention with us because I let you know it doesn't bother me if it's what your mother needs to do at that time. And, 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 you know, I, I'm completely fine with it. I think that you were more feeling shame that she wouldn't have the need to do that in front of somebody that I said to her, look, this is a new, I said, this is a new relationship. Um, just, can you please not do that? And she did it. And I wanted to crawl under the table. I was like, you know, beside myself. And um, and, and it was fine. And Robbie is a mature, evolved man. And it was more my issue than anybody else's. It really but was. I do remember feeling incredibly uncomfortable. And I didn't know how to make you feel comfortable because you mm-hmm. were so, in, in you, you just were so enraged by her her doing that at the table as opposed to getting up and going to the restroom, which right. she wasn't really, you know, she didn't know where it was. She made it, it, it would have been more disoriented. So, um, I was okay with it. It was, it was your issue I felt and I, you've gotten much better with it. Well, obviously. because now, you know, and, but I still have right. boundaries. I still think that, sorry, you know, there should be boundaries with certain things like that, but that's a, that's a whole other show. Now, if somebody was dating okay. your mother and she did it, and you know, that, yeah, right. Okay, no, no, that no. is a whole other show. But you know yes. what? You know, if there's an old saying, "To know me is to love me," and yeah. and she really kind of you know abides by that. Mm-hmm. She and in a way, it's true. You know, if this is who I am, love me with all my flaws, and and if and, and I do too. And I I just I I think that by a few dates in, when you've kind of established some chemistry and there's an obvious like you dig each other and you feel the time is right that's the time to let it rip um keep zipped maybe a little bit up until then but i do think important giant huge pieces of information are very necessary because then it gives you the option you can have you can opt out with that and and have the power and be empowered to Decide how you want to how you want to work it, and I and, and Bex, Bex, are you still here with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Thanks. All right. So, so the end of my story, because I know you're, I know you're dying to know what happened, right? Yeah, of course. So, oh my God. Okay. So, what happened with the guy? Um, he did tell me that, and I said, "Well, you're not going to do that to me, are you?" He said, oh, no, 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 that's, I'm not that person anymore, I'm not that man, I'm all better, I'm, you know, and I went, oh, phew, and I believed him, and guess what, it happened to me, and um, 
He did it to you. Yes, he did it to me. And and here's where why I knew it was a, a really bigger problem than something that I could take on and handle. Because normally I am codependent and I would take it on as a project. But it happened in the first couple months of dating when things are super hot, you know, super passionate. Why would you why would you cheat at that point? It's like bringing sand to the beach. I mean, what the hell? Where are you? Why are you looking elsewhere when, you know, shit? That's right. Right. Mm. And then I thought, oh, no, I can't. It's beyond you. I really I just I as much as I liked him, uh, I couldn't. And, and that, to me, was a moment for me where I thought, oh, you're getting healthier, Treva. You're making better choices. So that was the end of the story. With a heavy heart, I ended it. But it was for my own health and well-being. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And I also knew I, at that point, and I still very much want, I was still in my late 40s, and I wanted to get married. And there was no way. I just knew this just this wasn't going to happen with this person. Okay. So jump in. So, Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, my thought, um, just off the bat, I mean, like in that scenario, there there could have even been more truth explored, you know, like between the two of you. And not, not saying that you did anything wrong, of course, but like if, if we are presented with a truth bomb, let's just say, are we accepting it as face value or are we having a dialogue about it? Are we going deeper and asking questions to the other person, the truth bearer, and finding out, well, how long have you known about this? Or like, what is, what is your state of care right now? How are you taking care of this? How, how do you prevent this from happening in, in future relationships? You know, so that it's, it's, okay, well, here's a big truth. How do we get curious about it so we, we get more information and rather than going to that, you know, because I, I love what, what, what happened, Trevor. You, you gave benefit of the doubt. You led heart first, and you went for it. And, and I think that when we open ourselves to retrieving more information, we're, you know, we're gathering just more, more information, more pictures of the, more, more pieces of the puzzle so that we aren't making our decision just based on that, that truth bomb, but we're, we're really like, making a holistic decision with all the information presented, including how does he treat me and how do I feel in his company? And is this aligned with the vision of love that I'm looking for? Um, how do you go, and this is, I'm going to just pose this to everybody. Um, and I, and, and uh, Dr. Gresham, you just sort of, we talked about the shame of it all and like, how do you mm-hmm. mitigate your own feelings of, um, you know, how, how do you bring someone in to be a partner Instead of you know holding um, keeping this big giant secret to yourself and oh, we're going to we have one minute to break so yeah go ahead doctor I, I think that it's something where you do as Beck said utilizing curiosity and is a way of really reducing intense feelings of reactivity anger over responsiveness just oh that's really interesting wow can you tell me some more about it is how I would approach that because. Sometimes people reveal things in a way that does sound shocking, and it might be that they've taken care of the problem or that the problem is not nearly as big of a deal as they had once found it to be. And so having that curiosity and approaching from a, uh, the, the perspective that 
we're all trying really hard to develop relationships and we're doing our best with that. And the best way to know more is to ask more. Right. Good, good, good. Yeah. And if I could just jump in too, as the, the truth bearer, you know, to kind of diffuse some of the, the heat and the, the shame and the, oh gosh, the difficulty in sharing it. We can speak into the feelings that we're having about sharing it. Like, Hey, you know, I really like you a lot and this is making me very nervous, but there's something that I have to share with you or at the risk of sounding shocking or, you know, at the risk of scaring exactly. you away, I, you know, I, I would just be remiss if I didn't share this with you. You know, I'm, I, I can't help, I, I can't not be honest with you about this. You know, I'm just I think kind I, of I speaking yeah, into that, that fear. And I think uh, your date should appreciate that. How can you be upset or mad at when you hear that your date is telling you something that is so honest and from the heart and they want you to know they, they like you enough to want to share that with you. And I think that's also very important. Uh, with that said, I think we are going to go to a break and uh, one more segment after this, and we're going to read a couple of emails. And so uh, Dr. Gretchen and Beck stay with us because we want to get your input on that. So we'll be right back. And now back to done being single with married couple and dating ass kickers. Trevor and Robbie Scharf. Okay, we're back. So let's get to our next segment. Go. Okay, okay. Super fast, super fast. <laughs> no, My question to both of you, to Bex and Dr. Gretchen, how do you deal with clients and or patients, fe- particularly females, although I know you both have males, male uh, patients and clients, with severe body issues, body issues, sexual hangups? How do you advise them to reveal those to their partners for help, guidance, comfort? Hit it. Go ahead. The male partners, not the female partners? Uh, let's say the female. Female has, has some, oh. uh, yeah, sexual and body issues. Is it hang-ups you're talking how, about? How, yeah, yeah. Like um, that would prevent her from being open and free and feeling good and allowing herself to enjoy sex. How do you advise those patients and clients? If it's somebody who is open to my sense of humor, which is strong in the therapy room, I will start with some humor. Good. Let's be real. This guy is just happy that you're going to get naked for him, right? And we usually will laugh about that. And then we can go on from there and talk about what it is precisely that they're worried about and how we might mitigate for those things. Um, But it is something also where if they're in therapy with me, they probably do have significant health issues, which relate to body image issues. And so that gets really complicated. And again, it's a little bit more of a longer term sort of thing to deal with. It's not just a quick one-off answer. Can I add? Yeah. So maybe on the guy front, is it? What if you are insecure about your sexual prowess and you uh, are yeah. just unsure about how I'm how I can perform? So how can you guide a guy in that regard? Thanks. That one also depends. First, I would explore the medical issues to see if there is anything going on that is actually causing erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation or any of those sorts of things. If it is really a psychological issue, it's an emotional thing, fear of being inadequate, then we look at self-esteem issues and things that you can do for building self-esteem in other ways and also ways to start getting honest earlier in the relationship about, hey, you know, I'm feeling kind of anxious. It's actually been like six months since I've been with somebody and I'm afraid it's not going to work today. You know, and talk about how to use honesty and a little humor and self-disclosure and those sorts of things within that context. 
Okay. And Bex, yeah. how would you advise a client to who is insecure, she, uh, mm-hmm. to help her, to have her partner clue him in to how she needs, how would you tell her to, to proceed? Sure. Well, I, um, first of all, ensure that it's, um, if, if the issue is really deep, they are working simultaneously with a therapist um, because the work that I do as a coach is mm, experiential. And so I'm really focused on the relationship that the woman has with, with herself and her own body. Um, so making sure that she's aware of what she likes when she does it herself, um, giving her experiential challenges like going to um, try, I mean, depending on the client, but like maybe she tries a pole class or maybe she goes and tries a, a burlesque class. And it's not like she's got to do it all, every single week, all the time, but just kind of stretching her comfort zone and deepening that connection that she has with herself and her own body so that she has the information to, to share with her partner. And I love what Dr. Gretchen was saying about sharing with honesty and a little bit of humor. And, and then of course, you know, we can, we can take a man's hand and, and, place it somewhere where we want to be touched or more of this please or yes it really turns me on when you affirming um language when when they're actually engaging in in physical intimacy good advice excellent okay so let's read an email mm-hmm. okay and uh, we, we that was are really good stuff, we're wrapping guys. up our segment but we uh, we got a couple emails so I'll, I'll read this one first um hi trevor robbie in regards to your show i'm 52 and still live with my parents let me rephrase that they moved in with me after my divorce five years ago. When would be the most appropriate time for me to mention this to my date? Love your show from Phil. So I'll let you two respond. Right up because that's a deal breaker for a lot of women. Yeah. Well, can I yeah. give you? I'll, can I give you a counter real quick? Because I think that that's something very endearing. As we all get older, our parents uh, mean a lot. I mean, they mean different things to different people, of course. Uh, I wish my mom was still here. But if I had the ability for my father to move in with me and had, you know, all that, I would, I would gladly have him. Wait, is uh, he is he divorced? Wait, he's is now he, divorced. He live? and he's, He lives with him. So because he can't afford to no, live on I, his I, own. No, he didn't mention that. So no. I wanted. Okay, go ahead. Well, and I think that the direction that you're going, Robbie, with it is is endearing, and that's the way that you would frame it if it were under that lens. If this man's parents moved in with him because they were aging and they needed more more immediate care or or something like that, that, that sure, that that could be endure, endearing to the right person for him. Mm-hmm. And but I, I still believe I agree with Gretchen right up front. I mean, maybe okay, maybe not first date material. And I I really hold firmly that first date is about fun and like building a connection. But then when we start to get into like second, third, definitely by fifth date, that information needs to be revealed. Okay. Let's go on to our second, second email real quick because it's a, it's a good one. Uh, dear Trevor Robbie, I recently met a guy. I like him a lot. I wait to Google someone when I like them. So before the third date, I Googled him and it turns out he was involved in a corporate embezzlement case he hasn't said anything to me. Should I say something to him? Thanks in advance, uh, Laura. So, uh, wow. Wow, <laughs> Take <it> away. indeed. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to let you go first on that one. Back. Maybe we should put Laura and Phil together. <laughs> All right. right. I mean, uh, that's a tricky one. I mean, it really could go either way. And if Laura, if she were to bring it up, it would have to be 
uh, a lighthearted, like, ang- I don't know. This is, this is what I would think. Um, like a playful, like, so have you Googled me yet? Or, or something like that. But I, it, honestly, I feel like that is the responsibility of him to yes. bring to her. And, I, I um, I, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. Yeah. I, if, I would say that I think it's around, if they're still dating, if they're like three or four dates and they're starting, that would be when like, okay, we might have a conversation about like, okay, what's a, what's a secret that not everybody knows about you, you know, and you can have these playful dialogues that, that mm-hmm. open up opportunities for, for vulnerability and intimacy in a, in a safe container. Uh, Great advice. Great advice. Okay. And by the way, it happened to me, and and oh, really? I did. I, you know, I, I must have channeled what you. I must have. Yes, I wow. did. I did. I followed your advice, you guys, because it happened to me, and I and I. Yes, I ended up. I would also saying use to him, curiosity. I said yeah, I saw like, something yeah, on Google. Okay. You want to tell me about mm-hmm. it? Got and it. That's how. Okay, it, we, how we, have, we do have to wrap it up, but. Um, okay. We have to thank our guests. Okay, where where can so people wonderful. find you, ladies? We only have thirty seconds, so go. They can find me at PCOSWellness.com or at AskDrGretchen on Twitter. That's awesome. And Bex? Cool. And they can find me at BexBurtonCoaching.com. It's B-E-X-B-U-R-T-O-N Coaching.com. And also the same on Facebook. Great. Thank you both for being on the show this week. This was a a lot of fun, and hopefully uh, we come out of it. uh... (laughs) So far, so good. Check back in at 101. Yes. We could be punching uh, yes, each other's that, lights out. The bar fight's going to start in a minute now. So, um, That's what it usually sounds yes. like. Uh, so. Okay. But it's all is well that ends well. We yes. are, we're okay. We're, we're still we're, We are still done being single. And uh, we thank you guys for, for yes. joining us. And thank everybody for listening. And next week... Uh, I don't really know. Well, right. I know what it's about. It's about it's about alpha females, alpha males, power struggles. Who's the boss? Who wears the oh pants? Oh my gosh! Who's got the bigger dick? And, and I'm Shadow Steven. <laughs> okay, great. So that has to end. The and show. how to so. deal with it all. There you go. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll be here next week. See you next week. I'm done being single.